Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm your host, Dave C. And you're listening to Never Isolated, a show hosted here on TalkShoe. And the show ID is 7910667. And you're most welcome. Indeed you are. It's the weekend. Yes, the weekend. Here we are again. It's uh, episode 94 of Never Isolated, but it's Lonesome Quiz 15. Yes, I'm doing this over the weekend. It will be posted to show as Saturday, the 18th of July, 2020. And as spoken already, this will be the 15th in our series of Lonesome Quiz. If it's your first one, why is it called the Lonesome Quiz? Well, because it's not done while I do it live. I'll leave in any of the mistakes I make. Yeah, those are the bonus points you might need. Um, but it will be done without other contestants in the room. So the uh, the quiz uh, used to be seven, uh, six rounds, but it was starting to run over an hour. So I've pared it down somewhat to um, five rounds. So the total number of points on offer for this particular quiz is around 350 points. But the tally could just go up a little bit with my little uh, uh, mistakes. And if I don't make any mistakes, I might even just make a couple on purpose. Oh, indeed. There could be some bonus points. If I feel a question has been too hard or too easy, we may add additional ones on the fly. Yes, I'm so expert. At <laughs> I'm so, <laughs> so expert at doing this. Yeah, no. Um, just for keeping it a little bit more lively, a little bit more fun. And so here, as your host is uh, Dave C., we will get underway and then we'll get it out and up on the feeds for people to enjoy. And, um, well, I think let's just before we start the quiz, listen to this. This is Never Isolated podcast here on TalkShoe. And please remember, we have a Twitter account, Never Isolated, all one word. Show ID is 7910667. Okay, so. It only remains to say this. Okay, let's get started with round one. Oh, so uh, uh, as become a little bit of a tradition here on this quiz, I remember, although in the early quizzes I was using all the content that I'd uh, come up with as a host, but then presented uh, on different uh, quiz shows online, oh, six, seven, eight years ago, and not complete quizzes. Uh, apologies for that, you just heard. You just heard me bing go off on my iPad. That was just a reminder. Apologies for that. You see, professional, told you so. Ten points for everybody. There you are. Everybody starts with ten points. So to that end, let me just say, you may need at this point to get yourself a pen and paper. Um, I'll pause. I'll better still. You pause. Okay. We're back, are we? You've got the pen and paper or a pencil. That's absolutely fine. Because we start as normal with a 
anagram round. And because the show, although I'm doing it live, uh, there won't be a live text chat for you to check. As I say, I'm doing this on a, a different call series while I am. Um, while I get the uh, the live show out. So here we go. It's round one, anagrams, and this particular round, the anagrams are all about containers. Something you may hold, push, or carry, but that you usually has a, a space for carrying either solids or liquids. The answer could be a single word, a hyphenated word, are a two-word answer. And just to be clear on that, sometimes I'm not sure that it should be a hyphenated word or a two-word answer. So we've covered our bases, haven't we? So what's going on? Okay, let's get on with it. So what I will do is say what the anagram is. You've got to think of a container that you can make from that. And um, I may give you a clue along the way. I will also spell the anagram out. So, question one, the anagram is brawl, he, war. And the letters that make that up are B-R-A-W-L, H-E-W-O-R-E, brawl, he, war. Now, I don't mean it's too difficult um, because I, I don't want to have sort of five or four or five minutes of silence while you work it out. So they are supposed to be ones that could possibly be worked out in a minute. <laughs> well, not everybody can, but uh, enough people to make it uh, a fair test. And how do I know that? Well, although these are ones that I make up, on a TV quiz show called Pointless here in the UK, and I'm giving you time to do it, so you do two things at once, still try and work out this anagram. And they often have anagram rounds, but they only ever give the contestants about a minute to come up with the answer. So, a container, brawl he wore in. Five, four, three, two, one. The answer is wheelbarrow. Get 10 points for every right answer, unless I've given a clue and say it's down to five. So that's 10. Well, no, everybody's 20 points if you got that right, because I gave everybody 10 to start with. Number two, cart weaning. And the answer is not a cart. <laughs> cart weaning. Okay, I'll spell it out. C-A-R-T-W-E-A-N-I-N-G. Cart weaning. A free clue for this one. It's usually written as two separate words. And I'll just pause, just got a cup of tea with me, so I'll just have a little sip and uh, we'll go on to the answer in a moment. I hope you have got something to drink, by the way, something to hand if it's the weekend or late night. 
<clears throat> perhaps it's a beer, perhaps it's a lager, or if like me, when I have a drink, I usually go for a nice wine, usually a red wine. What's my favourite ones? Well, I, I love a Rioja, but there's lots of uh, Zinfandels um, and uh, lots of other wines that I like. I, I like wines from New, I like New World's wines, uh, uh, Shiraz. I like big Cabernet Sauvignons. Um, not keen on so much on Merlot and Malbec, but apart from that, most reds are. Uh, fine with me especially have a little hint of old car maybe a little bit of uh, sandalwood or vanilla with a long i like a long finish on the wines okay cart weaning in five four three two one the answer is watering can watering can okay you getting the idea now okay they may be outside, they may be inside, but um, those first two were outside. Well, I suppose you can water, use a watering can indoors, can't you? It's a small one. Okay, number three. Wet post. W-E-T-P-O-S-T. -T. Wet post. Remember, what goes in it can be solid or liquid. If it's liquid, it doesn't have to be water. If it's solid, it doesn't have to be absolutely solid. It could be grainy. It could be, uh, uh, you know, cereals or anything. So what container can you get from wet post? And in five, four, three two one you'll kick yourself it's actually quite easy stew pot stew pot is the answer you've got the pot there once you've got that out all that you were left with were the four of the letters to stew over <laughs> yeah well don't get it you don't want any more jokes okay number four saw single saw single and it's s a w and then S-I-N-G-L-E. Saw single. Now, what container could that do? That was a bit of fun. Yes, we've got um, a little conga going there. Saw single. In five, four, three, two, one. My favourite container. Well, almost. A bottle's a good one as well. Wine glass. The answer was wine glass for number four. There were six in this round, by the way. So just two more to go. Number five, Barber Real. And again, spell them. B-A-R-B-E-R. -E and then... R double E L Barber Real Barber Real. Is it getting tense yet? Oh, yes, good heavens, I can tell it is. 
Wow. Yes. And Barber Reel in five, four, three, two, one. It's beer barrel. Beer barrel. It wasn't too hard, was it? Okay. Number six, final one. Owing Slim Mop. Owing Slim Mop. O W I N G S L I M M O P. Okay. And I'm going to give you a free clue on this one. The free clue is think big. This is not a container you can carry and hold. Think big. Owing slim mop. <clears throat> All these were worked out on a little uh, handy little website called www.wordsmith.org forward slash anagram. And in five, four, three, two, one. The answer, owing slim mop, is swimming pool. That's a bit big to carry, yeah, swimming pool. Well, I suppose it's one of those uh, inflatable ones, but no, swimming pool. Okay, now where? Where does that leave us? Okay, let's move on to round two. Okay, good. Well done. Here we are. Well, um, I mentioned, if you didn't catch it, on the previous episode of uh, Never Isolated, and that was um, episode 93 that I put out on the Friday that's just gone. Um, one of the delightful things that we're talking about was the wonderful 100-year-old Captain Tom Moore, who raised oh over thirty million pounds for the NHS uh, charities, um, and who is now being honoured uh, with a knighthood, and uh, is absolutely an inspiration to people to what can be done if you set your mind to it. Well, um, I've decided to not put the round about his personal you know his personal details but since he is a hundred years old and he was born on the 30th of april 1920 uh, popularly known as captain tom he's a former british army officer and centenarian known for his achievements for raising money for charity in the run-up to his 100th birthday during the covid 19 pandemic so what we're going to do is going to look at back to April 1920, and we're going to look back to uh, April 2020. And I'm going to take some questions from the wiki pages that are on those two uh, months. Okay, so let's um, go ahead with that. And there's a little bit of a, a mixture. Um, and let me just count up. Yeah, we've just got six questions on this round. So here we go. Round two. Born April the 7th, 1920, 
Ravi Shankar was an Indian musician known for his influence on, and the answer I want is, which very famous group was he known for giving influence to, and other Western artists, he sadly passed away in 2012, but very famously, um, he helped <coughs> and inspired uh, one of the mega groups of all time. But which group was that? And I think you can make an inspired guess to this one. And the answer is 10 points again the Beatles. Yes, it was the Beatles he inspired. Uh, playing a, is it a sitar? I think he played. Um, but um, he also um, gave uh, lots of sort of uh, other um, advice in terms of thinking, I think. All right, question two. April the 8th, 1920, during a tour of a particular place, in fact, a particular American state, Edward, the Prince of Wales, the 25-year-old heir to the British throne and future King Edward VIII became the first member of the British royalty to try surfing. After that stay, Prince Edward boarded the Royal Navy uh, battleship HMS Renowned to begin his state visit to Australia. So which state? American state did Edward the Prince of Wales try surfing? <laughs> Again, they're not too difficult. I, I had a feeling I was getting a little pitching them too difficult. And I don't mean difficult meaning you had to be really clever to get them. I mean I mean by difficult I meant slightly probably a little obscure. Okay, you can guess that one. The answer is Hawaii. Hawaii. Number three, April the 24th, 1920, the United States Olympic, which sport I want, Olympic team set a scoring record that would stand for more than 100 years. See, get the tie-in, get the tie-in. Defeating the Switzerland team, 29 goals to zero. And means nothing to me, but I'm sure it'll mean a lot to US players. Um, Anthony Conroy scored eight of those goals. But which Olympic team sport was it? United States beat Switzerland. Can you guess the sport? And the answer was, remember this is in April of the year. The answer was ice hockey, ice hockey. Okay, right now we've got three questions. Um, well, let's three more questions. Let's just leave it at that. In April the fifth, twenty twenty, so not nineteen twenty, twenty twenty, this actress sadly died, age ninety four. She was an English actor. Actress, 
And I'll tell you two of the three films I've got. The third film, I'm going to drop it to five when I mention that. So she starred in The Avengers and she starred in Jason and the Argonauts. She died aged 94 in April of this year, April the 5th. In a minute, I'm going to give you the clue that will drop the score down to five points. And that further clue is she was also in the James Bond film, Goldfinger. And she wasn't the one that was painted. The answer was Honor Blackman. Honor Blackman. Okay, question five. This knighted person, again, keeping to the theme, died, unfortunately, April the 12th, aged 90. April the 12th in 2020, they died, aged 90, from the British Hall of Fame racing driver. I want the name of the racing driver. So, he died. 12th of April in 2020, age 90. He was a knighted person and he was a famous racing driver. So can you think of any racing drivers who were Sir, 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 somebody? <clears throat> and the answer coming up, because you either know it or don't, I think this one, the answer is Sir Sterling Moss. OBE, born in September 1929, but died in uh, April the 12th, 2020. British Formula One racing driver, inducted into the International uh, Sports Hall of Fame. He won 212 of the 529 races he entered across several categories and has been described as the greatest driver ever Never, sorry, the greatest driver never to win the world championship. Number six, the last in this round. Brian Dennehy, D-E-N-N-E-H-Y, aged 81, an American actor. Hmm. <laughs> Uh-oh. I think I've made a mistake on that one. I should have blanked out the name. Uh, the question should have been, you've all got 10 points for question six. Which American actor aged 81 won two Tony Awards, an Olivia Award, uh, a Golden Globe, and received six-time primetime Emmys? I, I read the answer rather than the question. The question would have been, which American actor who was in First Blood, Tommy Boy and Cocoon um, died in uh, 2003? The answer anyway was Brian Dennehy. Um, so everybody gets 10 points for that. Well, we've had two rounds. So that's 120 points plus two mistakes on my part, really. Um, so um, I hope you're doing all well. And we're moving on. Hope you're doing okay. It's time for round three. And indeed, round three. And 
were going for gold. It's around about gold. Yes. Here we go. So let me just have a little sip of my cup of tea. Let's see how we can do with that. Come on, let's get on with it. Let's G up, everybody. Question one. Gold is a chemical element, but what is the symbol that is used to identify it? A chemical element of gold. You know, on the periodic table, what are the initials? What are the what is the um, symbol, the letters that are identifying gold? <clears throat> and I'm not going to leave that a long time because I think that's probably the easiest part of this round three. And the answer is A U. A U. The gold is the chemical element. <clears throat> with the symbol AU, um, the atomic number 79, making it one of the lighter atomic number elements that occur naturally. Question two, and you've got three choices here. Uh, so you can think of them A, B and C. So if this is to do with the amount of gold that exists or is known to exist above the ground. This is discovered gold above the ground, not known reserves above the ground, already dug up. Is that total uh, 90,040 tonnes, 190,040 tonnes, are 290,040 tons. So you could think of those as A, B, R, C. Which of those three figures do you think is correct? Doesn't sound a lot to me when you think of the size of the world. And this is the figures that's accurate up to 2017. That was the latest one that was on the wiki page. And the answer is... B, second answer, the total is 190,040 tonnes. All right, question three. What percentage of new gold ends up as jewellery? And again, I'm going to give you three choices. You have A, 30%, B, 40%, or C, 50%. Now, you probably know that gold has many, many uses. Um, now, if it's gold leaf for decorating, you know, um, walls or, um, you know, picture frames, obviously that's not jewellery. If it's used in microsurgery or electronic components, it's not. If it's used for, um, it's used in some uh, chemical processes to, um, you know, to help um, uh I'm not quite sure how it's used, but it's used as like a catalyst or something in lots of experiments. So there's an awful lot of it used. I'm sure it used to be used on cathode ray tubes or something sprayed on the inside very finely. But what percentage ends up as jewellery? A, 30%, B, 40%, R, C, 50%. And the answer for number three is 50%. 50% of new gold ends up in 
jewellery. Awful lot of it produced in India, I believe. Number four. No, no uh, choices on this one. But which country, as of 2017, was the world largest producer of gold? New refined gold. Which country? Which? Shut up, Wesley. Yeah, don't tell him, Wesley. Don't tell him, Wesley. You don't want to do smart, smart Alex here. And the answer is to number four. The world's largest gold producer by far is or was China, producing 440 tonnes a year. The second largest producer, if you want to know, is Australia, which mined 300 tonnes in the same year, followed by Russia with 255 tonnes. So those are the three largest uh, producers of new recovered gold from the ground. Just two more questions on gold. Question five. Gold is the most malleable of all metals. It can be drawn into a wire of what width, and I'll accept a sort of descriptive answer to that, and then stretch considerably before it breaks. Try and think of a description of how thin it can be drawn into. And I'll give you a moment to think about that. You probably know, well, I've already mentioned gold leaf, so you know it can be pretty thin. And the answer coming up. You've got your choice, I hope. They can be drawn, and I found this very difficult to believe, into a wire of a single atom width. That, a molecule, I suppose that should be, but a single, you know, so it's almost indivisible. Well, it is indivisible at that point before it breaks. A single gram of gold, in fact, if you're beating it into a sheet, can be beaten into a sheet one square meter in size or in dimensions. And a over one ounce can be hammered into a sheet 300 square feet. It can be beaten so thin it becomes semi-transparent. Oh, we're educational. This is wonderful stuff. Well, we've just got one more question on uh, gold. And I think this is perhaps one of the easiest one. <clears throat> gold doesn't change colour, <clears throat> even if it's buried in the earth for thousands of years. So if you lost a, a gold ring, a Saxon ring or something, and you found it, you know, what is it um, that you would expect to find? I've already said it doesn't change colour. Do you know why? And the answer is because, it, of course, like iron and other things, it, unlike iron, it doesn't rust. It doesn't interact with 
oxygen at any temperature so it doesn't oxidize it doesn't oxidize therefore it maintains its lustrous color uh, even after all that time in the ground and the page I checked for that was wikipedia.org forward slash wiki forward slash gold okay well that is round three already oh we're hurtling through it okay time for round four indeed just before i play that we'll just play in our little uh, clip again this is never isolated <laughs> podcast here on talk you and please remember we have a twitter account never isolated or one word show id is seven nine one zero double six seven Okay, now remember we're doing another five rounds. We're already up to round four. We've been going uh, 30 minutes or so. So let's get on with this. And these are back to the um, Captain Tom Moore uh, inspired sort of quiz. This round is about awards, orders, decorations, and acronyms as well. And this is all United Kingdom. So I've kept the United Kingdom on this particular uh, section of the quiz so they're not too hard i don't think question one if you are given a award in the uk or a decoration and that was the initials were vc you got the vc what does vc stand for sure most Americans and Australians and New Zealanders will have heard of the VC medal. That's the highest one you can get in the UK. And the answer is coming up. The answer is Victoria Cross. Yeah, it was established in 1856, obviously by Queen Victoria. Uh, British Empire, Commonwealth and Allied military personnel. So they don't have to be British, but it is a UK award for most conspicuous bravery are some daring, our preeminent fact of valour, our self-sacrifice, our extreme devotion to duty in the presence of the enemy. Well, okay. Uh, there are various levels of... Um, in society in the UK, very class structured, as some people will know from outside the UK. But what's the lowest title that you can be given? It's still an important title, but what's the lowest rank one? Can you, do you know what that is? What's the lowest rank title of honour? Question two. In this round, round four. Okay. Well, the answer is a baronessy. When you're made a baron, a baronessy is the lowest title of honor in the United Kingdom. It carries the title sir. It is in order of precedence. Um, uh, uh, it's baronessy below a baron but above most high um above knighthoods they are not peerages when a barony becomes vacant on the death of the holder the heir if he wishes 
can be addressed as Sir is required to register proof of succession. And there's an awful lot of information there on the wiki. Okay. Number three. Another Medal of Honor is the DSC. Do you know what those initials stands for? What sort of Medal of Honor is the DSC? And I do try and balance it out. On another one, I'll try and have a bit more of a US bias. Okay, again, this may be one you may know. It stands, the DSC is for Distinguished Service Cross. It is a medal, but it's Distinguished Service Cross, originally called the Conspicuous Survey Cross, but it's the DSC, Distinguished Service Cross. Uh, started in October, uh, oh, right. That's right. It was started in uh, 1901, but then it was renamed in 1941. So, gallantry during active service operations against the enemy. That's the usual reason for getting the Distinguished Serving Cross. And I think there's a Distinguished Flying Service Cross for uh, uh, people in the Air Force as well. Number four. On July the 1st, 2009, so just 11 years ago, the BBC News reported that the Queen, the current Queen, had approved a new posthumous award called the Something Cross. And this is to honour members of the armed forces killed in action or by terrorist attack since World War II. So that may be firemen and police on duty when a terrorist attack happens the cross itself is given obviously to the family of the deceased but what's the name of that cross this is a recent award only been going 11 years and um, you know when we've had these um, attacks on mainland england and so on uh, with bombs going off our people rampaging with knives are being strapped um, with bombs are going to um, concerts and things, awful things. But there has been lots of valor, valor um, uh, people using valor, and uh, those people are being honoured if they've died in the line of trying to help. And the answer is, well, it's obvious, isn't it? I hope you've guessed this one if you didn't know it. The Queen approved it it's the elizabeth cross the elizabeth cross if you said elizabeth the second cross i'd have accepted that but it's actually the elizabeth cross just two more and then we've got our final round round five which is our uh, usual audio round are you waiting for that eh? okay well just two more what do these three people have in common this is question five of the round what do these three people have in common david bowie stephen hawking and sir winston churchill i think you know those names famous singer of course david bowie the famous uh, 
physicist Stephen Hawking, and of course the Prime Minister uh, during the war, Sir Winston Churchill. But what have they in common? Okay, have a guess. And the answer is, they all declined an award or honour. David Bowie was uh, declined a knighthood. Stephen Hawking also declined a knighthood. Sir Winston Churchill, he declined a dukedom. But that is probably not for the fact that he didn't believe in the royal family, but because he wanted to remain in the House of Commons and he couldn't, if he was made a duke, he would have had to move to the House of Lords. And also uh, his son, it would have passed to his son uh, and that would have presented his son, Randolph Churchill, for having a political career. So he declined on those grounds, not because he didn't believe necessarily in the monarchy and um, uh, the awards themselves. It was so he could stay in the House of Commons. And we're up to the last one on this round. During the ceremony, when the Queen is bestowing these offers, like she did to Captain Tom Moore, you know, with a sword in hand. During the ceremony, the Queen enters, usually this one for Tom Moore was actually outside in the gardens, I believe, but normally it would be inside at the ballroom of Buckingham Palace. She's attended by two particular orderly officers. And this is a tradition that began in 1876, and it was started by Queen Victoria. So the Queen is escorted in. So if you've ever seen any uh, footage of this, you may know. And I will give a clue for this one. The two officers, they come from a group of soldiers from the Indian subcontinent of Lebanese nationality. What's the name they're currently known as? And the answer in five, four, three, two, one, they are called Gurkhas and they give her a ceremonial guard into the ballroom. And the wiki page for that is orders-decorations-medals of the United Kingdom. <laughs> Let me play that little clip in as I get my audio things ready for round five. This is Never Isolated podcast here on TalkShoe. And please remember, we have a Twitter account, Never Isolated, all one word. Show ID is 7910667. And here we go. Here's round five. Right, I've got five we're on villains. Now, you might hear more than one noise, uh, noise, one voice on these clips, but it's the villain I'm after. What do you mean? You always root for the bad guy, but those, <laughs> they're usually considered to be the villain, although there's certainly one that I would concede um, a hard-done-to character rather than a villain. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to play a very short clip I have to jump on a couple of these before it gets given away, and then I'll play it a little bit longer, um, maybe for five points, and then uh, we'll tell you the answer. So, villains. Here we go. Uh, 
here's the first clip. It'll be very short. I'd like to share a revelation that I've had during my time here. It came to me when... Now, that voice... Does that tell you... Can you remember the film you heard that in? Does that tell you who it is? Don't get lost in the maze. It's simple when you think about it. Play it again. I'd like to share a revelation that I've had during my time here. It came to me when I tried to classify your species. I realized that you're not actually mammals. Okay, it was from the Matrix, and that was Agent Smith. Agent Smith giving one of his uh, speeches, insights there. So 10 points for Agent Smith. Uh, I'm not, I, th I don't think I'll drop that for the longer second play because it didn't really give much more. So 10 points if you got that here is number two. Oh, by the way, there are nine on these because I'm playing them quite short. There are nine in this round. Here's number two. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you got that. You did, didn't you? You surely did. Hey, I'll play it again. It won't play it much longer. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of a lion. Okay. Do you get it? It's from Blade Runner. Roy Batty. Blade Runner. And I'm going to play a little bit more for that because I just like it. Can't play it all, but here we go. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of a lion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the ten hours a gate. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears in the rain, I've got to say it, but I can't play it all. Okay, that's uh, two gone, number three. And uh, again, it's um, the, <laughs> well, you, your description might be different than me because there are two voices, I think, depending on where I stop it. But um, let's give you the clue. It's the female voice we're after as the villain. You really think you can duplicate the Liberator? I've assembled a team of scientists who are sure they can. In fact, they stick. Yeah, I think that was a bit of a giveaway, wasn't it? Yeah, I'll tell you the answer because I can't play any more without, no. Uh, I will play any more, but the answer is you should know that straight off the top of the bat if you're a certified sci-fi nut. 
that was Servalan from Blake 7. So let's hear just a little bit more of that. Can't play it all. You really think you can duplicate the Liberator? I've assembled a team of scientists who are sure they can. In fact, they stake their lives on it. And with a fleet like that, I can unite and rule as nobody has ever ruled before. What if the crew won't obey me? Oh, I don't think that's likely. I have Blake. I have you. Call the ship. I was right. I knew you'd never let Blake die. Death is something that he... And there you go. Oh, I'm tempted to listen to a bit more of that, but we can't. Because we're on to number four of nine. Number four. Again, I've got to be very quick on this one, I think. Um, again, two voices, but um, the, the one that's recognised as being the villain. Don't give up on the marriage. What would you have me do, Charles? I've heard these arguments before. Uh, have I made it too easy? Well, the sort of people that do these sort of quiz, I think that would be pretty easy. Two magnificent actors going head to head there. But I don't want the actor's name. I want the character's name. I don't. I think we'll go straight to the answer on that one. And that, of course, was Magneto. Give yourself 10 bonus points if you knew um, who he was talking to. And, uh, well, we'll just go on. Xavier. Here we go. I'll just play a little bit more of that just for the fun of it. Don't give up on the marriage. What would you have me do, Charles? I've heard these arguments before. It was a long time ago. Mankind has evolved since then. You're so proud of being a mutant. Where's your mark? I have remarked once, but let me assure you, your needle shall never touch my skin again. We want freedom. Uh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful acting. Yeah. So that was number four. We're up to number five. Uh, younger people may find this a little bit more difficult, but we'll see. We'll, we'll not prejudge. Here we go. Castagir is gone. Only you and I remain. Nice to see you, Kerlin. Oh! No, you did it again, David. You let it play. The thing is that um, with this thing I've got to play clips, it doesn't stop when you hit the stop button. It sort of fades out two or three seconds, and I think you caught the name at the end of it. So everybody gets 10 points. That was from the first movie, Highlander, and the bad guy was Kurgan. They had a tradition, especially with the um, the TV series that followed, that a lot of the really bad um, um, immortals, um, they they their, their names were spelt with a K, not a C. It was always a K. And this was the Kurg, and he meets on, I think they meet on the bridge finally for the big showdown. Uh, here we go. Number five, I'll just play a little bit more of that. Castagir is gone. Only you and I remain. Nice to see you, Kurgan. Who cuts your hair? I am in disguise. 
This way, no one will recognize me. I do. What do you want? Your head. <laughs> and the prize. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Uh, I like the other Highlander films as well. I mean, they weren't as good as the first one. There's no doubt about it, but I did like it. Of course, Sean Connery uh, was in a couple of them. But um, where we go, that was... Um, Gosh, that was number five. Number six. They'll get this one. They'll get this one. Again, I'm going to be very quick, I think. Oh. 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 Never start with the head. The victim gets all fuzzy. He can't feel the neck. Yeah. You know who that is? You must do. I will play that one again, but I won't play it any further in. Number six, Ron. Oh. Oh. Never start with the head. The victim gets all fuzzy. He can't feel the neck. Does it? Batman. I'm Batman. That wasn't Batman. It was, of course, the Joker. We'll play a little bit more of that, but not much. Oh. 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 Never start with the head. The victim gets all fuzzy. He can't feel the next. See? You wanted me. Here I am. I wanted to see what you'd do. And you didn't disappoint. You let five people. Right. Well, we're up to number seven. Number seven. Let's go down to number seven. Here we go. I like it when you use my name. You chose it. Psychiatrist Field Day. As you chose yours. The man who makes people better. Yes. Now, who was that? The bad one, of course. Who? What character? Play it again, because there are two voices, of course. So play again. I like it when you use my name. You chose it. Psychiatrist Field Day. As you chose yours. The man who makes people better. How sanctimonious is that? That's it? Yeah, come on. Hey, any of my friends who didn't get that one? Now, playing this quiz, you've got to deduct 10 points for yourself if you didn't get that one. It is, of course, from Doctor Who, The Master. And I had to cut out because it, it actually starts with the answer. I want. So um, let me just go to the clip and play just a tiny bit more. And I'll try and force myself to stop. I like it when you use my name. You chose it. Psychiatrist Field Day. As you chose yours. The man who makes people better. How sanctimonious is that? So. Prime Minister then. I know. It's good, isn't it? Who are those creatures? Because they're not just things, the Toclophane, that's just a made-up name, not like the bogeyman. Do you remember all those fairy tales about the Toclophane when we were kids? There we go. Okay, and, uh, oh, two more left. Two more left. Again, I don't know how, apologies if I spoil it by revealing too much in the clip. Very difficult, as I say. Here we go. Next to the last one. Chase him round the moons of Nibia and round the Antares maelstrom. 
Right, so again, any of my friends, Jeff, Ian, any of those, uh, can't get that, blimey. Eric, Kyle, Clarence, Lee, any of those, any of those guys, sorry I didn't mention your name, Mike, anybody, Cy Bob, anybody who did that, um, you must have got that. Let me play it without playing any further, I hope. Chase him round the moons of Nibia and round the Antares maelstrom and round traditions. Got it. Star Trek 2. Khan! <laughs> you have to do that. It's obligatory. Khan! It was Khan. Yeah, although... Uh, Let's uh, just hear a little tiny smidgen more. Oh, helps if you click the button, David. I'll chase him round the moons of Nibia and round the Antares maelstrom and round Perdition's flames before I give him up. There she is. There she is. Captain. Oh, I want to play more. I want to play more. Can't. I want to play more. Can't. I want to play more. Okay, last one. Last question of round five. Last question of the quiz. Villain. Which? Whom? If you had created a virus in your laboratory, something contagious and infectious that killed on contact, a virus that would destroy. Now, that's not the villain talking, that's the hero. That's the Doctor. I think, you know, I think you'd probably guess that. Tom Baker, the fourth Doctor. But who was he talking to? I had to do it like this because it, it's so iconic, I think, to the Doctor Who fans. Play it again. Try not to go any further at the moment. If you had created a virus in your laboratory, something contagious and infectious that killed on contact, a virus that would destroy all other forms of life. Would you? Go on, you know. It's the creator of the Daleks. It's Davros. Davros. And we can play this clip because it's not too long, I think, to end out today's thing before we look at the scores. If you had created a virus in your laboratory, something contagious and infectious that killed on contact, a virus that would destroy all other forms of life, would you allow its use? It is an interesting conjecture. Would you do it? The only living thing, a microscopic organism, reigning supreme. A fascinating idea. But would you do it? Yes. Yes. To hold in my hand a capsule that contains such power. To know that life and death on such a scale was my choice. To know that the tiny pressure on my thumb 
enough to break the glass would end everything. Yes, I would do it. That power would set me up above the gods. And through the darlings, I shall have that power. I had to play it all. Sorry, shouldn't do it. Shouldn't do it, but I did. Um, but I think um, that is so referenced in the uh, the land of the BBC and um, and uh, Doctor Who. Hopefully, that is okay because that ends today's quiz. Yes, and would you believe it? We've still gone to an hour after axing. Down, going from six rounds to five. Yeah, that's episode 94, Never Isolated, The Lonesome Quiz 15. For Saturday the 18th of July 2020. Would you Adam and leave it? Well, that's it, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you did well. Remember, the maximum score, I think now with those mistakes I made, could have been very near to 400 points. Anybody who did about 200 Six. There was no. I'm going to say that if you, if you're not uh, from the UK, anything over 250 was good. If you're from the UK, I think you should have sneaked up a few extra points there to to, to near 280. But anything over 250, absolutely fine. If you got over 300, absolutely well. And with those little mistakes I made. There was nearly 400. So if you let's like, say you got 200 points on your own and you got you know 30 freebies from me, then you're not too sorry three tens from me, then you're not doing too bad. Well, that's it. Now I'm not too sure I'll be back on Monday. Um, that would be the uh, Monday the 20th of July 2020. We may hold off until the Tuesday because as I've done these on the Monday sometimes. Uh, the, some of the stats have not sort of settled. You know, we have this rolling seven-day average, and sometimes you don't get a clear picture. But if there's anything really big that's announced, uh, I'll be back on the Monday. Otherwise, we'll get the next episode, 75, on Tuesday. So either Monday or Tuesday in mid-July, I'll be I'll be back for that. Okay, thanks ever so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that, and uh, we'll play the outro. Thank you for listening to Never Isolated, show ID 7910667, hosted here on TalkShoe. Bye for now. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.